0: go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs tims-tesseract.com
1: tims-tesseract.com
2: host and George D. Smith pew 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 for open mics every week at Mutiny Radio brother
3: In
4: the
5: no in the- Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at MuniRadio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Uh, people now are
6: very.
7: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, and you're listening to Labor and Love Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is The B, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio, and you're listening to Linda Tillery. Of course, with Linda Tillery with the Cultural Heritage Choir, uh, with her spiritual pep, pep talk, don't you let nobody ever let, get your spirit down. Amen. Uh, then, before that, we had uh, kind of a celebration, a rye celebration of the coming of baseball, I'm a baseball guy, and I I follow it pretty closely. There's a dark side to it, too, like anything else. And this song by Ry Cooter, third base Rod- Dodger Stadium, recalls the uh, whole Chavez-Ravine uh, controversy. Um, families were removed from an area that was called a garbage dump. Actually, it was two peaceful little uh, uh, multi-diverse communities, mostly Mexican, Mexican Mexican-American, but uh, the city decided it wanted that land. First, it removed them and promised them that they would have first crack at the new units when they were built on the site. And then that plan was attacked and red-baited early 1950s here. That plan was red baited to death. The people behind it were smeared. And the city eventually took over the site. And imagine that. The Los Angeles, the Brooklyn Dodgers wanted to move to the West Coast right at that moment. And the city promised a stadium there at Chavez Ravine. So this man is singing his lament. My house used to be right over there by third base. we got one more for you to lead off this Saturday morning. Hope you're all doing well. Of course, Louis Armstrong there with his classic, the West End Blues. The credo for uh, trumpet players during the 1920s was you hit the road. You get your trumpet, you get your horn, you get your picture of Louis Armstrong, and you get your recording of the West End Blues, a series of recordings in the early 20s that revolutionized the sound, the possibilities of what uh, jazz could be. So this is the B. Good morning to you. We're uh, coming at you as always from 2781 21st Street. And um, the place is Mutiny Radio. The show is... Labor and Love Radio, where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, you can bet that another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're probably on the menu when they sit down to talk. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Okay, well, we've got lots to talk about and lots to listen to. Having a few technical problems here, but nothing we can't handle. Um, March 24th is a sad occasion it was on this day in 1992 I believe that Oscar Romero the bishop of San Salvador the capital of El Salvador was gunned down while he was uh, giving mass we see what's possible when teachers unite right it's possible Virginia. Who was Karen Silkwood? It, it, um, an act of courage on her part that hopefully won't be forgotten. Finish up our treatment of the Irish singer, the controversial Irish singer, and I mean that in a good way, Sinead O'Connor. Listen to some of her music, and we've got commentary from Mumi Abu-Jamal. Let's see if we can cue that one up.
8: The very fact that such an idea surprises us, tells us how far this era has drifted from the fundamental notions of democracy. In ancient Greece, the citizen was seen as an able, trusted element of the state. In the present era, the citizen is virtually superfluous, he is a tax source, she is one who obeys her leaders, he is a dispensable cog in the wheel, whose only real duty is to do what one is told. Consider the mass demonstrations of spring 2003, when millions took to the streets of Washington, London, and San Francisco, demanding that there be no war in Iraq. Here, in the alleged democracies of England and the U.S., governments ignored the people and engaged in imperial war on a lie. In ancient Greece, some 2,500 years ago, this wouldn't have been allowed. We don't live in a democracy. Live under the rule of a few. We live in
7: an empire. From Death Row, this is Mumia Abu Jamal. These commentaries are produced by Noel Hamrahan. That was Mumia Abu Jamal talking about uh, Greek democracy, the ancient Greek democracy. Uh, not so much. Uh, More the format of it, the the form of how it works. Selection by lot, for example, which meant that anyone could end up being uh, an official. Um, Whereas nowadays, uh, officials are bought and sold. Not much more than you can say about it. I had the good uh, fortune yesterday to go to uh, Los Angeles. Uh, area actually, it was in Orange County. The the um, California Federation of Teachers Convention, uh, where we we uh, sold to teachers our uh, we had some T-shirts that we made of Joe Hill and uh, Dolores Huerta. We sold a lot of uh, our books about the uh, labor movement, books designed for kids by and large, although there are a couple. The the movie Golden Land's Working Hands is also on sale. We have a labor map. uh, CFT.org if you're a teacher and you're interested in teaching labor and uh, social justice. Let's go on to Karen Silkwood. Now, um, I usually like to talk about Karen Silkwood on her birthday in February. She was born February 19, 1946, and died under mysterious circumstances on November 13, 1974. And uh, her act of courage was to expose safety conditions at a nuclear plant where she worked in uh, oklahoma specifically the kerr mcgee cimarron fuel fabrication site near crescent oklahoma in the united states um in the united states okay Um Silkwood was very concerned that she was she and other uh, workers at the plant were being exposed to massive doses of radiation and that the uh, safety conditions the sanitary conditions in the plant were less than they should have been for 3 days in November She was found to have plutonium contamination on her person and in her home. The plant experienced theft of plutonium by workers during this era. She joined the union, uh, became an activist on behalf of issues of health and safety at the plant as a member of the union's negotiating team first woman to have that position at kerr In the summer of 1974, she testified to the Atomic Energy Commission about her concerns. Now, we know kerr that company has been involved in a lot of uh, anti-labor action. Uh, the company accused her of bringing out bringing out uh, plutonium, smuggling plutonium out on her person, saying that's why she was radioactive. That month while driving to meet with David Burnham, a New York Times journalist, and Steve Watka, an official of her union's national office, she died in a car crash under unclear circumstances. Circumstances were not unclear she was pushed off the road by a police-type vehicle that has a fence in front. Uh, And she was pushed off the road by a highway patrol-type car. Some journalists have theorized that Silkwood's car was rammed from behind by another vehicle. Skidmark from Silkwood's car were prison on the road, suggesting that she was trying to get back onto the road after being pushed from behind. Investigators also noted damage on the rear of her vehicle that, according to her friends and family, had not been present before the incident. As the crash was entirely a front-end collision, it did not explain the damage to the rear of her vehicle. A folder of documents that she had compiled as part of her testimony had disappeared. Silkwood's relatives confirmed that she had taken the missing documents to the union meeting and placed them on the seat beside her in her car. According to her family, she had received several threatening phone calls very shortly before her death. According to the book Who Killed Karen Silkwood, the assassination scene in the movie The China Syndrome, in which the character Hector's car is run off the road is based on a theorized version of Silkwood's death. Okay, Karen Silkwood, February 19th. And we do have a song about Karen Silkwood from Fred Small.
0: Karen Silkwood The news is bad Your body's on fire The worst that we've had Might have been the canister Probably the gloves Better not get too near To the ones that you love Are you Karen Silkwood? We have heard about you Talking to the outside Dumb thing to do People lose confidence We might close down Little girl, the stakes are high We don't fool around (laughs) Are you Karen silkwood? Come on back to bed This thing's too big for us. It's gone to your head. You've got your mission. I got my doubts. I never asked for this. Babe, I think I want out. Are you silk Silkwood? I'll be on the next flight time are you sure you're alright There's nothing but blood Better get the ambulance But it won't do no good They're saying she had some notes in the car But they're nowhere around Geez, the place is crawling with press But she don't make a sound
7: Okay, that was uh, are you Karen Silkwood of course referring to the case that I was just talking about. Uh, Silkwood was killed ostensibly by uh, corporate interests, Kerr McGee. There was a lot of uh, action going on. The company was about to be sold and in some versions, so there was absolutely no chance that the company would open an honest investigation of its own um, safety safety rules. Said today that uh, March 24th, 1980, a real uh, fighter for justice for working people in his country, Oscar Romero was murdered while he was celebrating mass. He was the Bishop of San Salvador, the capital of El Salvador. On March 24, 1980, Monsignor Oscar Nulfo Romero was celebrating mass in the open-air chapel of a hospital in San Salvador, capital of El Salvador. A red Volkswagen pulled up outside. A man in the car raised a rifle and took aim through the, an open door. He fired one shot, striking Romero in the chest. The priest died at the altar. 38 years later, on March 24th 2018, that's today, thousands of young people will converge on Washington for the march for our lives, calling for real actions to curb gun violence. In Romero they will find an urgent lesson about what can happen when justice is denied and gun violence runs rampant. The assassination of Romero, a gentle and fearless champion of the poor who persisted in his work despite savage U.S. sponsored military repression, Set off the Salvadorian Civil War, which raged from 1980 to 1992. Have to remember that this guy, Oscar Oscar Romero, was selected to be bishop exactly because it was thought that he he would not be at all controversial. Uh, There was a civil war raging in his country it was uh, financed in large part by the united states and it took a particularly ugly turn as peasants were murdered and oh the six nuns were working in el salvador with uh, in rural el salvador were murdered and raped Salvadorian death squads which were financed in large part by the United States. Romero took a stand. He was a man of conscience. He didn't go all the way out to liberation theology which is of course where he was headed. He dedicated his ministry to the poor majority and spoke up about the death squads to denounce the enemy's armed forces which defended the country's biggest landowners with assassinations and massacres. So he stood up at mass one day and said, stop the repression. He knew that his nationally broadcast calls for soldiers to disobey orders to kill made him a threat to the Salvadorian military and its CIA advisors. Three weeks after he spoke these words, he was shot and killed. Nearly four decades later, he has risen again. As we say on Easter, Christos Anisti, he is risen. Nine months after he was killed, four American churchwomen were murdered by the Salvadorian government. Okay, so celebrate today. When you go out to march, celebrate Oscar Romero, a champion of the needy, a champion of workers against... They're quote-unquote masters. Okay, it's time for Radio Labor and the Radio Labor World Report. Here we go.
9: lack of investment, but for, for Cape Town, it's absolutely more difficult. In some countries, in some cities, it's becoming better because there is investment, there is proper management, there's a lot of work being done to ensure that the
10: uh, the port get access to water. Safe and affordable drinking water has been declared one of the UN's sustainable development goals. What are some of the challenges faced in achieving this goal? Let me just say once that the,
9: the of that goal is a big victory for a lot of social movements. It's built on the victory in 2010 of having the General Assembly declare access to water and sanitation as human rights. The challenges, of course, of universal access is you have to invest a lot of money to bring safe and affordable water to people's houses. And there's uh, well over a billion people on this planet who don't have Safe and affordable water in their house. In fact, there's probably even even many more when you look at uh, how many cities where the water is used for uh, washing and, uh, and showering, but not for drinking. Uh, so the the UN is the false promises of PPPs, the public-private partnerships, which uh, if anybody's following what's going on in the, in the UK these days with all the bankruptcies and the revelations of how much, for example, the, the butter companies are overcharging and overpaying their CEOs and overpaying their shareholders. So the biggest question for us on, on the one hand is where's the money come from? And the second one relates to who's going to manage for what purpose, because there is a big difference between managing for profit
10: and managing for people and planet. Do you have any examples of municipalities which have taken back their water supply from private contractors? Well, as the world knows, the biggest re-municipalization,
9: we call it, is Paris. This is the heart of Monster private water companies, why they did it, because it was a commitment made by the mayor to deliver better services to the citizens. Now, there has been hundreds of cities taking back their water, whether it's Berlin, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's Hamilton, it, it's, it actually is a growing wave. I'm not going to say a tsunami right yeah. now. Now, why did they do it? it, it it's, it's actually mayors and city councils of the left, of the middle, and of the right, and of the right, the argument for them is, well, it's cheaper. You don't have to pay profits. You don't have to pay shareholders. You reinvest the money in your own system
10: and not export your money to who knows where, for what purposes. As meetings about access to safe, affordable water are being held in Brazil this week, women tea plantation workers
6: in India were fighting for their right to water access. C. Marie Ainsborough reports. On World Water Day, March 22nd, women in two Indian states demonstrated against their lack of access to water and sanitation. The women plucked leaves on plantations in the states of Assam and West Bengal. There are a few taps where the women can get water for their families before they leave for work. So they line up for hours before work to fill their water containers. If the lineups at the taps are long, the women are often late for work. The result is that they are denied work for the day, resulting in even more financial hardship for them and their families. To make matters worse, the open water taps and drainage systems, both at work and in the housing areas, are breeding grounds for mosquitoes. The mosquitoes cause dengue and malaria. Sanitation systems on the plantations are also limited and in deplorable condition. Trying to help the women workers is the Global Union IUF. It has helped the women form committees to document the problems and negotiate for their right to access safe water. The plantation managers are refusing to negotiate. The IUF is calling on global water supply. The IUF is the global union which represents 10 million workers who are employed in sectors such as agriculture, food, hotels, and restaurants. I'm Seemarie Ainsborough. Governments and multinational
10: corporations have been secretly negotiating a huge trade deal called the Trades and Services Agreement, TISA. Twenty-two governments plus the European Union are part of the negotiations they include australia canada and the united states if implemented tisa would cover 70 percent of the world's trade in services and services these days include much more than they used to help unions and their members understand the around the world who are employed in food industries, agriculture, hotels, and other sectors. I talked to Jane Kelsey, the author of the report. Dr. Kelsey is a professor of law at the University of Auckland in New Zealand. I asked her to explain the basics of TISA and who is promoting the agreement. Well, as workers and unions know over the last 30
11: years, 40 years um, we've had an onslaught of what some of us call neoliberalism or, or market and corporate driven rules that work for them the 1% and not for the 99% that model is now in trouble and so the corporations and countries that have been sponsoring it want to lock in that model and one of the ways of doing so is negotiating international agreements that are binding and enforceable outside the country and that prevent future governments, future union activism, future activism of any sort changing that direction and that paradigm and that's basically what the trade and services agreement seeks to do alongside various of the other negotiations that people may have heard of such as the trans-pacific partnership agreement or the TTIP agreement and so on so who is driving this there is a group of corporates who call themselves team tisa they are some of the biggest lobby groups led out from the US but the majority of them are actually not just the big banks and the big telecom companies and the big logistics companies but they're also now the big digital operators and they're wanting rules which their friendly governments, who call themselves the really good friends of services they want rules that will basically prevent the future regulation of their operations, whether by foreign investment in countries or by digital means and so on from offshore. Here with his
10: reportable union events around the world is Labor Star correspondent Derek Blackadder.
12: Here's a small sample of the average of 219 news stories added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of the first strike in the tiny European country of Andorra since 1933, the showdown over labor standards rollbacks in France, and a strike by Indian Uber drivers had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Spanish warehouse workers shut down Amazon's operations for two days this week as part of their push for improving their working conditions. Australian dockers staged a 48-hour warning strike after their employer withdrew from the collective agreement. The employer immediately began flying scabs to work using a helicopter. Union members returned to work this week in Chad after a seven-week-long public sector strike that started when the workers' wages were unilaterally cut. University workers in Zambia were refusing to work until the head of their institution was replaced, while teachers in the same country walked off the job to demand a living wage workers at a South African factory producing solar panels, down tools in an effort to gain wage increase. Apprentices on the Indian rail system caused chaos in Mumbai when they walked out to back their union's demand for job security. The Prime Minister of Dominica personally attacked striking dockers over their wage demands. Online game developers based in France started the second month of their strike in a fight to gain a wage increase. And after a one-day strike earlier this month, Mexican teachers were facing reprisals. Another strike is planned in protest. Our top working women's stories included coverage of a study of workplaces in Pakistan that revealed most not only lack basic facilities for women, but fail to comply with labor laws which are intended to make them women-friendly, and working conditions in a Samsung phone factory in Vietnam employing mostly women. The Health and Safety Newswire we run in cooperation with Hazards Magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the release of of a report that found evidence of at least 2006 workplace deaths in Turkey last year and an Irish court action over workplace bullying. Currently, Labour Start is running four online actions. Take just a few minutes out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackheader from Labour Start reporting for Radio Labour.
10: Now here's Billy Bragg and Friends singing I'm Sticking to the Union. <laughs> there
12: was a union made There was a way For the goons and the geeks and the company things and the
13: Right. Oh.
7: Okay, Radio Labor there. And as you can tell, the struggle is always going on all around the world. Every day, 3,500 people die on the job or from job related causes. 3,500. People every day worldwide probably more than that here in the United States that number is 150 so never go to work never pass a day without thinking of those people who died many of them needlessly because of poor safety standards or <clears throat> a boss who wants to make money and wants to exploit the labor of people in order to do so. And of course the song was I'm Sticking to the Union by uh, Billy Bragg. Okay, I want to play now. We we played some cuts from uh, this... A show, a musical show called "Working," uh, adapted from the work of Stub, Studs Terkel of the same name, "Working," and um, so these are songs and sketches about working people in their lives.
1: It's a pretty good day laying stone. You get interested in what you're doing and you usually fight the clock the other way. You're not looking for quitting. You're wondering why you haven't got enough done and it's almost quitting time. There's not a house in this country that I've built that I don't look at every time I go by. And if there's one stone crooked I still notice it. The people what lives there might not notice it, but I notice it. Stone's my business. Stone's my life. I daydream all the time about stone. Someday, I'm going to build me a stone cabin down on the Green River. I'm going to build stone cabinets in the kitchen. Everything stone. All my dreams seems like they've got to have a piece of rock mixed up in them. He builds a house
14: with his hands. Thirty years go by, it stands. It stands where nothing stood. A house of stone The mason sleeps real good He does his work His work day flies Quitting time's a big surprise And then it's one more stone To get just right It's always one more stone Before the night Every house he builds Every stone he lays It's not just making money And counting off the days He builds a house with his hands, a hundred years go by. It stands. It tells you who he was. A life goes fast, but the work a mason does, it's made to
1: last. The work a mason does. There's nothing in this world gonna last forever, but with stone you're getting awful close. It's made.
13: breaker number nine, big body, put your ears on for me now. Big trucker, gotta have a big lie. So come on, brother trucker, you got to come back for me, brother. I keep seeing double as I close one eye, and I got to roll, 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 roll brother what? trucker. Sure enough, ashamed of the shape I'm in. Roll Trucker, I'm back on my wheels again Roll, 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 roll brother trucker Outward bound from South Bend Roll, 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 brother trucker I'm back on my wheels again I'm running out of whites Goddamn dim those headlights Four hours sleep in the last two nights But I'm gonna be alright About halfway home can't get to the telephone I'm hot as a pistol and dry as a bone And I wonder if my baby's alone I got to roll, 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 brother trucker You say where and I say when Roll, 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 brother trucker I'm back on my wheels again Roll, 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 brother trucker Turn it around and do it again I got to roll, 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 brother trucker Police, I'm in a hurry. Won't you let me go in peace? I'm independent, I ain't got no teamster dough. Cause, Cause the AFL and the CIO, they still don't own the road. And the only, only man, man telling me where to go is a man who owns a loan. And trips to Milwaukee and pass within four blocks of my own house and never go home. You sit in your truck and your only companionship is your own thoughts. You get mighty lonely not talking to anybody for 48 hours. Halfway back from Milwaukee you gotta call your dispatcher and I'll tell you you're even glad to talk to him. Hello, check. Yeah, this is- Hello? Hello? Dudley Squat Phone Company?
3: Bell Atlantic, may I help you?
13: Yeah, I-, I just got cut off.
3: I'm sorry you're having trouble. May I have the number you were calling?
13: Yeah, 219 765 5910.
3: I'm sorry, sir, that number is busy.
13: Jesus, lady, I was just talking to him. What's wrong with you guys?
3: I'm sorry, sir. Perhaps the party is trying to reach you. Why don't you wait five minutes, then place your call Uh. again? Sometimes you really want to talk to them if they sound upset. For me, it's a temptation to say, gee, what's the matter? But you can't say more than, I'm sorry you're having trouble. If you get caught talking with a customer, that's one mark against you. One man said, operator, I'm lonesome. Will you talk to me? I said, "Gia, I'm sorry, I just can't. But you can't. I'm a communications person, and I can't communicate.
5: I always thought of a receptionist as the dumb broad at the front desk taking phone messages. Now I'm one. (laughs) So of course I've changed my opinion. She had to be special, right, because I thought I was special. I was fine until we had this office party. I'd be having a fairly intelligent conversation with someone, and then they'd ask me what I did. When I'd say, I'm a receptionist, they'd make an excuse and walk away. Now I make up other names for what I do. Communications control, servo mechanism, I'm it's tired at the end of the day. Tired of talking.
3: talking. There isn't a, the a ten minute break in the day that's quiet.
5: You can't, can't think. What I do all day is say what I have to, to, to say
3: as quickly as possible and switch You're the call to whoever, it's, the the call to whoever it's going to. I notice people ask me to slow down when I'm talking. Do I listen in on conversations? I
5: never listen in on a phone conversation. But I'll tell you, some girls really do. I once worked for Illinois Bell, and I don't care who the operator is, the the greatest thing is listening in on phone conversations. If you work nights and it's real quiet, I don't think there's an operator who hasn't listened in on phone conversations.
3: It makes the night go faster.
5: Sometimes, to make the day go faster, I'll do drawings. Mondrian, sort of. Things of nature. Never people. I pretend I'm alone and things are quiet. I call it the land of no phone. I never answer the phone at home.
15: I saw an ad in the paper, Equal Opportunity Employer, Salary Plus Commission. When I got the job, I was thrilled. <laughs> all I had to do was talk on the phone. We didn't even have to think of what to say. They had it all written out. Hello, now, this is Mrs. DuBois. Schwartz could September, I have a moment Captain of your time? Please, if you would only for three short months subscribe to line, our newspaper, voice, it's her worthy cause show. to help blind children, What really did me in was one phone call I made. It was the worst ghetto area. The guy listened patiently and he said, I would really like to help. He was blind himself. Here I was sitting here telling him a bunch of lies. I apologized and thanked him. And then I ran to the ladies room because I was nauseous. I prayed right there, right there in the restroom. I said, dear God, there must be some other work for me. I never harmed anyone in my life, dear Lord. I went back and finished the day because I had no other means of employment. And then, as if my prayers were answered, I got a new job. (laughs) I walked into my supervisor's office and I told him a few things. I was sick of his bullying. I wasn't going to lie for him anymore. Oh Lord, I can't really tell you what I said. (laughs) But I was very calm. I didn't shout. Oh, I felt good. (laughs) I still work in the same building. I pass him in the hallway every once in a while. Every time I see him, I hold my head very high, very erect, and just keep
3: walking. It's something to run into somebody who says, It's a nice day out, operator. How's your day? Busy? Has it been a rough day? Oh, you're so thankful for these people. You say, oh, yes, it's been an awful day. Thank you for asking. Ciao, Amandos.
1: No, I'm sorry. We don't have anything until 9.30. Yes, I'm sorry. We're very busy tonight.
3: Would you like your quota of mercury today? What's
16: exciting at the bar that I can offer? It would be very boring if I had to come out and say, would you like a cocktail over and over again? So I come out different for my own enjoyment. I say, what's exciting at the bar that I can offer? Or something. Maybe with cocktails, I give them a little philosophy. They have coffee, I give them political science. I have an opinion on every single subject there is. My bosses don't like it, so I have to speak sort of voce. But if I get heated, I don't give a damn. I talk
3: like an Italian talks.
7: All right, look around you at the people who are working around you. The uh, mason we heard from, the truckers, and the telecommunications people who are not allowed to converse with their customers. Losing time. Here's a here's a trucker song. Eddie Rabbit. Sinead O'Connor there with Fire on Babylon. I'm going to run down some of the things that uh, Sinead has been uh, involved with. Always very uh, controversial. Um, Very much of someone who was going to make her protest, someone who was militant and undeterred in her talk about women's rights or gender relations or the domination of her people by uh, among others the Pope and this is something that she did on October 3rd 1993 O'Connor appeared on Saturday Night Live as a musical guest she sang an a cappella version of Bob Marley's War, intended as a protest against sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. Arcano referred to child abuse rather than racism. She then presented a photo of Pope John Paul to the camera while singing the word evil, after which she tore the photo into pieces and said directly to the camera, fight the real enemy. Saturday Night Live had no foreknowledge that she was going to do that. The audience were completely silent. No booing or applause. Arne Michaels recalled that the air went out to the studio. That no applause be used. NBC Vice President of Late Night Rick Ludwin recalled that when he saw O'Connor's action, he literally jumped out of his chair. SNL writer Paula Pell recalled personnel in the control booth discussing the cameras cutting away from the singer. NBC received more than 500 calls on Sunday, 400 more on Monday, all but seven criticizing O'Connor. NBC was not fined by the Federal Communication Commission. For O'Connor's act, NBC did not edit the performance out of the West Coast tape-delayed broadcast that night. She was criticized later by uh, Madonna. Madonna said, "I think there is a better way to present her ideas than by ripping up an image that means a lot." to people Uh, o'connor told spin magazine madonna is probably the hugest role model for women in america there's a woman who people look up to as being a woman who campaigns for women's rights a woman who in an abusive way towards me said that i looked like I had a run-in with a lawnmower and I was about as sexy as a Venetian blind. Now there's the woman that America looks up to as being a campaigner for women, slagging off another woman for not being sexy. Two weeks after the Saturday Night Live appearance, O'Connor was set to perform I Believe in You at the Bob Dylan 30th, 30th anniversary concert. She was greeting by a thundering mixture of cheers and jeers. During the booing, Chris Christopherson told her not to let the bastards get you down, to which she replied, I'm not down. The noise eventually became so loud that O'Connor saw no point in starting the scheduled song. She called for the keyboard player to stop and the microphone to be turned up, and then screamed over the audience, with an improvised shouted rendition of war this time she sang the song stopping just after the part in which the lyrics talk about child abuse emphasizing the point of her previous action she then looked straight to the audience for a second and left the stage christopherson then confronted her as she cried But this is something similar to what we always talk about with Nina Simone. Nina Simone is a favorite uh, musician on this station. Because Nina Simone, uh, with Nina Simone and with Sinead O'Connor, performance is existential. They're not singing an old song because you like to hear it and because of the way they sing it they're bringing it down to the moment and they're talking about what are you doing this is what i'm doing what are you doing here's another one this one's called perfect indian and then we'll continue our talk about shenee Okay, Sinead O'Connor there with um, Perfect Indian from her album Universal Mother. let me just finish up here. Sinead O'Connor has four children. And oftentimes her songs are about... called, watching a show called After Dark in 1995, where guests on the show were discussing uh, the Catholic Church and its role in people's lives. She called in and then just showed up. She came in and argued that abuse in families was coded in by the church because it refused to accept the accounts of women and children a letter to Miley Cyrus in 2013. The message you keep sending is that it's somehow cool to be prostituted. It's not so cool, Miley. It's dangerous. She had a run-in with Prince as well. Evidently, the two got into a punching. He summoned me to his house, she wrote later, and it's foolish to do this to an Irish woman. He said he didn't like my saying bad words in interviews, so I told him to fuck off. He got quite violent. I had to escape out of his house at 5 in the morning. He packed a bigger punch than mine. Later on, she said that the story was much exaggerated and referred to Prince as a sweet guy. So, Sinead O'Connor, started of a coda to our celebration of uh, St. Patrick's Day, and we're getting up now on, let's see what we can do with West Virginia teachers. You see what's possible when teachers unite, this is from The Socialist Worker. What are the main feelings that teachers are facing? Talking in this article to Noah Carvelis, a K-8 music teacher in Phoenix. As Arizona might be one of the next places to have a teacher strike. Oklahoma is very close right now. What are the main issues that teachers are facing? There are several. The biggest really is our pay. Pay is pretty abysmal. And depending on the metric we're always nearer at the bottom among the states the most accurate measure is a Morriston Institute for Public Policy which puts us at 50th overall you will see a teacher who's getting paid 32,000 a year and they have 20 years of experience two master's degrees in national board certification but it's even worse with health insurance If you have a kid or two, it takes so much more out of their paychecks. A lot of teachers are posting their pay stubs and they're taking home 650 or $700 every two weeks. A continuing crisis. The end of the school year, we had over 2,000 classrooms still vacant. Teaching positions, that is. At the start of each year, we typically have 5,000 to 7,000 empty because of our compensation. Teachers just can't continue this. They flee the state because they can't afford to teach and live in Arizona. And then when those classrooms are empty, positions aren't filled, the kids don't disappear. They don't have a teacher. So they go into another classroom, and you see class sizes of 35 to 40 kids in some districts. I have classes before where I don't have enough chairs, and kids have to sit on the floor. Arizona Educators, you can support them at the group's Facebook page, Arizona Educators United. Support your local teacher. Okay, hello Solina. Right now I want to uh, start to get out of here. This is the Labor and Love Show. My name is Bill Morgan, a.k.a. The Bee. And every week we bring you labor news, opinion, and commentary by, for, and about working people. Please remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, where you work, (coughs) you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And remember that you heard that on Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. So you're just not that into politics. Your boss is, your landlord is, your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low raise your rent and deny you coverage. It's time you got into politics. Even if you're standing at the side of the road, they'll still count that you are not standing up for anything. Stand up for something, as you heard, all over the world, all over the world, in every land and clime. Teachers resist. Workers resist. They get together and they organize. All right, let's see what we got. Looking for uh, Willie Dixon. It don't make sense if you can't make people. Shout out to Vita. Hope I see you soon.
13: Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll for some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until
12: 2 a.m. Flat Black Plastic is a show you're listening to on MutinyRadio.fm.